irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Power of Love Show, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Power of Love, sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am T.J. Jackson, and with me today, I have a special guest, a friend, um, someone who didn't know when they woke up that they would be on the LA um, talk radio on the Power of Love show, but because Terrell um, is at an appointment with Bryce, um, a, a doctor's appointment, and Taj is sick, I was going to do the show on my own because it's been a little while, but you know, Julian said he'd step in and do it with me. So today we have a guest and a co host of Julian Wright. Hey. What's going on, Julian? How you doing, CJ? <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start with the the announcement, which is we are live on the Power of Love show right now. So if yes. you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Later on in the show, we will open up um, the phone lines. We'll actually open, up, open them up right now. The phone number to call in if you want to chime in, ask a question, comment, whatever you want to do. The phone number is 323-203. 0815 again that's 3232030815 again we are live if you don't want to call in you could tweet us at ddj foundation again that's the letters ddj the word foundation um i will be handling twitter since taj isn't here um get well soon taj by the way yes definitely. um yeah so uh, hopefully I'll, I'll i'll try to man this twitter pretty decently for you guys and then I guess I should also go ahead and knock out the disclaimer, which is we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it and we've learned from it. And we want to share our opinions and attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you are going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Do not just rely on us. It's very important. We come on the show, my, my brothers and I, and all of our guests, we come in here with the aim to help you to share our experiences, our stories, and to just help you overcome and navigate through whatever situation you're going through. Again, most of us, you know, sometimes we'll have doctors and licensed profession professionals, but most of the time it's just us common heirs just commenting and, and talking. So it's very important that you, if you need that professional help, you, you get it. Um, okay. What else do I want to say? I think that's it. Um, so, Julian, how we start the show, we usually talk about the prior week. Anything <laughs> exciting going on? So I'll, 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 I'll toss it to you. Yeah, man. Um, well, we're still in the middle of this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have to say, actually, that yesterday was pretty interesting. Yes. <laughs> yesterday was cool. Yesterday was cool. Yeah, yesterday was, like, really, really cool, really, really interesting. Uh can you I, could, yeah, can you I say sh- what we okay? You can share what it is. So uh, yesterday yeah. we shot a video for mm-hmm. one of TJ's songs. I won't mm-hmm. say which one it is because okay. I know you want to keep that a secret. But the location, yeah, it was location. Yeah, was cool, right? yeah, the location was super duper cool. It it was really really interesting, and our you know leading lady was really incredible. Yes. So I yes. want to say yesterday was probably 
highly, highly interesting. But because I can't say a lot about it, maybe I'll find something else that was really interesting. Um, last week, okay, um, you came to D.C. I did. You I stayed did. with us in D.C.? I did. You got to see a bit about D.C., <laughs> even though we were like I in did. and out? Yeah. Yeah? And I'm going to tell you this. It was my first time in, I think, since the late 90s that I've yeah. been in D.C. Yeah. And um, I've been wanting to get to D.C. over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Never made it, though. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of cool sites I want to see and experience. And I For know sure. there's the new museum. Yes, yes. Which is the, called... Uh, the National Museum for African American History and Culture. I got to get there. Yes. I got When to. did that open like 2 years ago? It opened 2 years ago. That's the yeah. museum that um that's the museum that I think yeah. that's been the impetus to get me to go want to yeah. go to DC and take my family for so. sure. And it's a Smithsonian Museum. So wow. basically that means it's never going to go out of business. Um it also means that because it's the Smithsonian they were able to secure um, artifacts and exhibits. Like, literally, they have Thomas Jefferson's draft of the Constitution where he mentions, like, the injustices of slavery. Oh, wow. So it's crazy. Now, it did not end up being in the final Constitution, you know, final version, but to be able to see that that's, that's is a, just, that's, it's just phenomenal. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. So you have to come. You okay. Have to come so, and, and what you told me, Last week mm-hmm. in D.C. is that most of the museums are free of charge. Yes. All of the Smithsonian museums are free of charge, which, I mean, there's nothing better. And once again, because the Smithsonian might be one of the most well-endowed museum uh, uh, or organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Natural the uh, Natural History Museum has dinosaur relics and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like prehistoric animal relics, like everything in there. So, bar none, they are probably the best group of museums that you're going to find, like yeah. in one area. Don't cr- cr- don't critique me for yeah. not knowing this answer. For sure, but are Smithsonian museums only in DC? Great question. Um, I can say no, and the only reason why is because I know that there are some, like the uh, Air and Space Museum, the, the other Air and Space Museum, which is in Virginia. Okay, um, but outside of that area. I can't definitively say yes or no, but um, okay. I know that primarily the majority of them are there. One more time, the museum, because sure. that's, that's been the sure. main, the National Museum, museum of, of African American History yeah. and Culture. There you go. You got it. Yes. Everyone, you got to go see that. Um, you yes. got to go take your family, go visit it. It's important, uh, especially for us African Americans to go learn about ourselves even for more sure. so. Um, but also for any other culture to understand, maybe have a further understanding of of the plight that yes. our people went through and yes. and just basically it's always a good thing to to learn about different cultures and different people i think it broadens your perspective in Definitely. life but it also helps you understand other people and that, that's does. always a good thing to do um okay well that was that was fantastic so let me tell you my week uh, my week has been um, a lot of traveling, a lot mm-hmm. of press. Like I, like you said, I was in D.C. Yes. Um, doing press. And award and, show. And thank you for allowing me to stay <laughs> yes. at your place. Yes, It's actually man. fun. We're I'm happy usu- to have you. I'm usually that guy that always wants to be in my own space in yes. a hotel, but I'm trying to broaden that. Right. And I like to s- I'm happy I did because I like to see how other people live. Definitely. And um, and just so the listeners know, it wasn't like TJ was in a bedroom. Like <laughs> we, yeah. have, we have a whole unit that's like an apartment that we airbnb out so he 
had his own space and yeah, you, you know he wasn't sharing the bathroom with me or anything like that. No, but, <laughs> but you know what was cool too is although it's an amazing space, yeah. I'm such a yeah, I'm a kind of guy that as long as it's nine by nine feet or more, right? You're good. <laughs> I'm pretty good. So, but it, it was an awesome space. Thank um, you. So thank you, and we were happy to have you here, especially my son who. Uncle Little TJ, Julian. Uncle TJ, uh, Julian. Yeah, look it. at look at this. Look at that. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yeah, so we um, did that, and I was in Chicago. Yes. And then prior to that, I was in Texas with yes. my family, um, visiting Francis's side of the family. Yeah. Um, I think it's you know, and here's the cool thing. I think whenever Francis, we go and we don't get to do it as much mm-hmm. as we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever Francis goes, it's really cool because you could see a layer of comfortability right. unfold for her right. as she's with her siblings. She's back home. She's back home. And that's a beautiful thing. Definitely. So that's that's something I'd, I'd want to suggest to everyone out there. Um, oftentimes when you're with someone, mm-hmm. you live in one of the, you know, either your hometown mm-hmm. or your spouse's hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you, you respect your other spouse's hometown and, yes. and make sure that person gets time to to unwind and, and go back and, and hang out with their love family and their old friends. That's I think it's very advice. healthy. It's very healthy. It definitely is. It definitely so, is. Um, what else did I do? And then, like you said, yesterday um, I did a video. Yes. And I could say the name of the song because okay. I've already announced the name um, of the EP. Okay. And it was, um, I have a song. The EP is going to be called Obsession, and the video was for that song, yes. Obsession. So it was really cool and, and, and an awesome experience for me. And it was a long shoot, guys. But And this guy was standing the whole time. I don't know how he did hey. but he no, was, it was standing good. the whole time. I, I like to pride myself that I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, it's not my first video. True. Um, so I've had some experience. But it's getting more difficult um, right. to, to last longer. Yes. Um, but I, I still love it. And, and I love the music videos because they, they give the story, the song a, a, an additional story, an additional layer. Definitely. And I'm excited for this one because it's going to be a cool one. This one's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a cool one. Um, all right. So now that we've talked about all that, we've um, kind of went over our week. We are going to talk about loss. Yes. That's what our show is about. That's what the D.D. Jackson Foundation uh, is about. As I've said before, um, and as all our listeners know, um, my brothers and I, we lost our mother at 16. Mm-hmm. We've had other types of losses. And, um, you know, I and my brothers always say, you know, the world and, and our society celebrates winners. Yes. Um, you know, um, whenever someone wins, we, we praise them. We look at them. We ask them where they're going mm-hmm. on their next trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we take care of our winners, but our losers oftentimes um, get left behind. Definitely. And losing is part of life. You're not going to win everything. You're going to lose. So we do our, our part in trying to help losers mm-hmm. um, rebound and mm-hmm. understand that it's a healthy process for sure and that it's a it's it's um something that that shouldn't break you yes so that's what our mm-hmm. show's about um and i'm gonna pose the question to you julian yeah uh first of all go ahead talk to me about any type of significant loss yeah. or any type of loss you've either experienced yourself for sure or that a friend or a family member's experience and what you've learned for how, sure. how old are you I'm 46, so, okay. so I've been around the block for a while. You've been around the block. Yeah. You're still in our my age group. Yep. Um, I'm yep. younger than you, but yes. not by too much. Taller than me, but younger. Than <laughs> so <laughs> let me know um, what you've learned. I like to ask people what so, they've learned. So um, 
I think for me, the most recent thing that I learned and probably the most significant thing that I learned is how to be a good friend to someone who has had catastrophic loss. And a lot of times I think that we discount um, the role of support, right? So especially in the age of social media, like, you know, will always, uh, you know, like something or whatever. You know, most people will post their highs. Mm -hmm. You don't see a lot of the lows. Um, So when you have an opportunity to check in on a friend, you know, or – and actually that's even the whole thing, like just even checking in on a friend. You know, just um, if you know something's happening with someone, being a support system for them, even if you're not used to doing that yourself – or even if you're the type of person that would shun, you know, someone checking in on you or support system. Right. Um, so recently, a very good friend of mine, um, his mother passed away. And the prior year, his father passed away. Mm. And uh, both parents were heavily involved in his life, you know, heavily involved. Two-parent household, strong two-parent household. And those parents were very strong successful people um so it was a very devastating loss uh for him and he's an adult you know so a number of years ago uh he and i went to college together and you know our group of friends but a number of years ago we had a friend who committed suicide Mm -hmm. and um when that happened i think it came as a shock to us and we were just kind of like how do we let that slip through the cracks? You know, how do he was highly successful, you know, a, a big music industry uh, executive. And we just could not understand how this could happen to him. So we sort of made a pact amongst ourselves that we would check in on each other. You okay. know, we would look out for each other, check in on each other and make sure that we're cool and not assume that we're OK or that we're strong. Um, so. That card ended up getting called, you know, getting pulled with this situation with my friend. What was yeah. the process when you said you made yeah. a pact to make sure you guys checked on yeah. each other? Can you explain that? Was it a yeah. legit, like, was it? it? It wasn't like written in stone or, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't cut our hands and, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. and shake or anything like that. But we just basically said, look, this was one of our boys. Mm. And for us not to know what he was dealing with, what he was going through. And that it was that impactful mm. that he committed suicide. And he's on the top of the world. You know, we're talking a guy who signed some some names that right now you're probably playing, you know, in your car. Wow. You know, and seemingly everything was just on the rise and kept going on the rise. But the pressure, you know, the pressure was getting to him probably not having an outlet to mm. talk about some of the things that were happening in his life those things took their toll. Mm. And to be honest with you, I think it just in my opinion, um, because after this happened, other incidents, uh, incidences happened. I think his career, he was having insomnia. I hate to say that, but he was having bad bouts of insomnia and he was taking a sleep medication. And there's a certain sleep medication that's known for people sleepwalking and hallucinating and things like that and i think he was having a hallucination from that and killed himself Uh, but that's that's my uh, opinion on that but 
to answer your question, we had an informal pact that, hey, we're going to look in on each other. Yeah. And especially if we hear that we're going through something that's a, a serious life situation that we would definitely look in on each other. Oh, let me ask you another question. Sure. So what would you say you learned from that? Okay, so you, yeah. I, I heard your reasoning on why you think mm-hmm. the suicide took place. Mm-hmm. What did you learn mm-hmm. as Julian yeah. with that experience? I think I learned that I need to be a better friend. So I'm the type of person that doesn't really talk to people. So kind of like how you're... But you're talkative. I'm talkative, but there's a difference between being social and being talkative and then saying, hey, are you okay? Okay. So so yeah. you're saying more of the layer. You didn't the go, layer. You didn't go deep. Going deep. Okay. Going deep and asking those tough questions, which for me, that's a tough question. Like, are you cool? Yeah. All right, how are you doing? And then wanting to sit there and listen. That's that's tough though too because yeah. a lot of people don't want to be either they're guarded, yeah. or um, you know for you as the the questionnaire the one who's yes. asking it, it you don't want to be perceived as that person that's probing exactly so Being so nosy and yeah. so I'm I'm similar way mm-hmm. I, as I've gotten older I've learned to, if I sense something I yeah. follow my intuition if I feel something is off I mm-hmm. I try to mm-hmm. um, to an extent. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a real thing. So you, what you've learned is if something is wrong or, or just to really ask yeah. more deep questions exactly. to people you care about. Exactly. And even if somebody is like, yeah, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, ask at least one more question, you know, or at least offer. All right, cool. If you're cool, that's fine. But if you need me, give me a shout. Okay. You know, at least give them send that, that option. Get, send that invitation. Yeah, okay. send the invitation, and okay. that's something that I had to learn. You know, and, and you think that do. that incident really propelled you to learn that? Definitely, definitely, um, definitely. At least put it in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But then, when this situation happened with my friend's parents, that really was a call to action. Okay, now you've said you were going to do this. Are you going to do it? And now it's time to do that. Mm. You know. Um, what is your reason? My brothers and I talk mm-hmm. about this often, but what's your thinking on why? Because to me, it seems like suicide is on the rise. Yeah, it seems like depression's on the rise. Yes. What is your main reasoning behind that? What What do you think? And mm. and then also, yeah, what I think we've already kind of discussed this, but what do you think we could do to to help with that? I I would attribute some of it to uh, and and mind you this is without me really looking at the yeah. data to see like demographics and stuff, but I think a lot could have to do with social media mm-hmm. uh, and people tying um, of course likes comments followers all of those things to their happiness mm-hmm. and people not spending enough time uh, working on themselves and finding out more about themselves mm-hmm. finding out who they are. Uh, what makes them happy, and being dependent on external things to make them happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, first of all, and to add real quick, mm-hmm. uh, making sure you find an outlet. Yes. As you said earlier, yes. that is important, people. Especially, Definitely. you know, it does seem like the pressure is rising in life. For sure. you got to find that outlet. And we, we discuss this all the time on the yeah. show, whether it's working out, mm-hmm. whether it's singing, dancing, mm-hmm. riding, playing basketball, mm-hmm. whatever it is, find that outlet. Um, that where you can unwind. True. Um, and take time to do that because mm. you may find it. 
you may say, hey, I like to do X, Y, and Z, but then life gets to you and you don't take the time out because a lot of people are are a lot of people are good for doing a lot of good for others but not doing good for themselves Mm. so they'll 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 take somebody else's burden and during that hour two hours you should be working on your burden you dedicate it to somebody else and that doesn't help you Mm. out so then actually saying i'm going to stop this (laughs) And take time for what I need. And, like, it's tougher even for folks like us because we don't punch a clock and have that nine-to-five set schedule. So work, the work-life balance is a lifestyle. So there is no six o'clock stop Mm -hmm. with these things and now let me do this stuff. So we continue to do those things all day and all night which doesn't give us the time to recharge, mm-hmm. think, slow down, take that me time because we don't have defined uh, schedules, you know, defined yeah. things in our lives. So, yeah. yeah. I think that was a very good point because I think, uh, like you said, there's a lot of people who are nine to five, but there's mm-hmm. also more and more, it seems like, whether it's because of social media. Yeah or because of technology mm-hmm. um, that are now more on their own schedule mm-hmm. or more more so the captain of their own ship, especially yeah. as they get older. Yes. Um, and because the, there's so much competition, I think there's this inner drive to go nonstop. Yeah. Whether it's morning, day, night, to go nonstop. And I get it. You know, it could help you win in the end, but at the same time, you got to make sure, For that sure. You're, you're paying real attention to your, your, your health. Definitely. Not only your your mental health, but your spiritual health and your physical yes. health. You got to make sure all of that is is strong. Definitely, because you don't want that pressure to rise to the point that's going to lead you to depression. Yeah, and and hopefully not, but it can also lead you to suicide. Suicide. So yeah, that that I think is a very good point. Um, and again, it's something that we we as a society need to improve on. Yeah, and I hope there's. I don't know what that term would be or what it can be, but I yeah. hope there's, you know, whether it's like a, a national unplug day or national, yeah. you know, where where we or unplug out, yeah. whatever it is. Or, or even what the Europeans do, man. They have siesta. You go to Spain, <laughs> yeah. everything shuts down. You go to Italy, everything shuts down. You're not doing anything from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just not happening. And guess what? Those countries haven't fallen apart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so, and you're right. We push ourselves to the point of all of these things happening or, you know, potential things could happen. And you know as well as I do, when you get to a point that you've uh, obtained the things that you've gone crazy or or really pushed yourself to the limit to try to um, attain and you're not right, and especially if you're not healthy, that's the worst. But if you're not right in all of those areas that you said, then the thing that you got doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. You can have the big house and still be lonely and depressed and all that other stuff because you cut everything else out. You know, and we're yeah. humans at the end of the day, which means we're full beings. So you just can't do that. You know, what yeah. else? Very good stuff. But yeah. what else would you say or want to share? Yeah. In loss. Got you. Um, so is there anything else? I, I yeah, yeah. Changed. 
I think like um, a lot of times with loss too, there's the aspect of losing a piece of oneself within that loss, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you regain that piece of yourself that you lost and and in the wave of emotions that come with it right so you'll have days where everything's great you know you feel like you're getting back to normal and then something just triggers and boom you know you're coming back down um there was a point in time uh when i was really doing deep dives reading and you know you do a lot of reading Um, it's doing a ton of business reading and I really wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts of just life and things in general. One book that I read was, you know, there were a few things that, that people were trying to study luck. And one thing that came out of that was, um, one group did a study on things that they, uh, would call lucky and unlucky, right? Events that you don't plan, but they just come in and change the shape of what's happening in your life or in your business. And they found that they happen in even proportion, good to bad. So what that says is that you should always be prepared for that downturn. So if everything's going right for you, if everything's happening, not that you have to be a pessimist or um, you know be a you know a Debbie Downer, but just temper it and understand that there's going to be. A potential turn in the opposite direction and that way you're a little bit prepared for it so that when it happens it's not as devastating and you don't lose that piece of yourself or everything that you put into it because you thought everything was going to keep going in that great direction so I think that's one thing um, that I've had to learn Mm. and with my age and being able to see cycles I've seen those ups and downs and ups and downs Um, But I I think that that's a big thing is like being emotionally invested to the point that you've lost your identity or Mm. a big piece of yourself is tied to whatever it is that you're losing. It might not just be a person. It could be other things, you know, that you're emotionally tied to. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next, because you coach uh, cross country. Yes. What age group you coach? Uh, I've got the little ones. I have fourth graders and fifth graders. So. Obviously, they do not win every match. They definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying, though. They're trying. They're okay. definitely trying. So yeah. um, what do you tell them when they lose? So really, what I try to do is, especially in cross-country and track, because they're not necessarily team sports and individual sports. So what I try to point out is the improvement, right? Mm. So you started here, and now you ended here. So perfect example. Um we have a little award at the end of the year. Uh, you know, we have our awards banquet, and then we give one award for what we call the terrific tiger, right? So the person who we feel exemplified, you know, uh, the values that we're trying to teach. So there was one girl mm-hmm. who, I mean, she was <laughs> the final race of the year, right? And in cross country, it's about getting points for your team as well as you placing well or, you know, doing well. We see them out on the course, right? We already know who our fast kids are because we've already run four meets. This girl is in like seventh place, right? Uh, out of? At, out of like a hundred and something kids, okay, right? so she's doing and, great. Yeah, she's doing great. And this is about half mile, a half a mile in on like a, a two-mile course. Okay. 
And I'm like, did she cut the course? Like, how is she so far forward? Because in all the other meets, she hadn't been that that far up. So then by the end of the meet, she's probably like in 20th place, but she's like, you know, there's two, three girls behind her, and she just sprints, takes off. She's not going to let them pass her. And she places and finishes the best she ever, she's ever has. In practice, she's never run that fast. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what happened? So I pull her aside, and I'm like, uh, what's going on? Because usually she would finish way in the back of the pack. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, she was being a good friend. Her friends usually run slower. So she wanted to run wow. with them during the rest of, during the beginning of uh, the season and all of the meets. But then when it came to the championship meet, she understood wow. that it was serious business and it was about points for the team and doing your best. And she actually ran the way she could run, but we never knew she could run. Right. And she did everything she could for the team, for the team to get a win in that last meet. So I was like, wow, you know, seeing that from this young person, you know, and how she wanted to be a good friend to her friends. But then when it came down to serious business, she flipped that switch and like killed it. So you as a coach, how did you respond? Like, were you good? Were you cool with that? Were you proud of her? Were were you like, okay, sweetie, but next time from the beginning, try your hardest so you you could be have something special. I was like that. I said, I admire that you were being a good friend to your friends. But by the same token, you can run. Yeah. So now you have to do not what's best for you, but you have to you have a talent. Yeah. So you need to work hard and improve that. And I think she could see because I was giving her, you know, I was like glowing and just so excited for her and seeing her potential. That she realized within herself, like, yeah, I guess I am pretty good. Yeah. You know, maybe I should really pay attention to wow. that. And then giving her that award at the award ceremony, she was embarrassed. <laughs> what know, was the award called? The Terrific Tiger. Okay, so I have two yeah. questions. Sure. F- or one comment and a question. Okay. The comment is, I think it's important for all our listeners to understand mm-hmm. that not only the words, but your, your tone and your body action when yes. you're talking, especially to a youngster, yes. has huge impact. It does. So make sure whether it's your student, whether it's yeah. your child, whether it's your whoever it is, yeah. to make sure your tone and energy is on point because <sighs> that is very important for kids because they kind of feed off of that. They definitely do. My second question mm-hmm. or my question to you is the terrific tiger. Yes. Obviously, this young thing can run. Yes. Um, but when you first were talking about it, and I, it could still be in relation to what I'm about to say, okay. but a lot of people complain that we are moving to a society of uh, what is it trophy oh, oh yeah trophy participation yeah, yeah. where everyone yeah, everybody who participates gets, it, yeah. gets a trophy what's yeah. your take on that i can't stand that okay i can't stand it there there's no gray area for me so i come from a generation where um it, you know there were winners and losers just like in life there's winners and losers so i think it's better for kids to go through that adversity when they're young yeah figure out how to cope with it how to come back from that and how to improve better themselves learn from whatever it is that they did wrong and uh you know turn that around then to be awarded something just for showing up and and personally yeah. 
I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I actually think that's also playing a role <sighs> in depression. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Amongst the, the youngsters that, yes. I mean, I don't know for everyone, but I think that's also, like yeah. I said, playing a role because a lot of kids have been protected to lose. <sighs> they would protect their falls have been yeah, caught. Man. And um, when they go out in the real world and they're really dealt a yes. real loss, um, it's devastating. It's devastating to them because they yeah. don't have the preparation Definitely. to deal with it. But even before the loss may happen when they get into the real world, you also see uh, lack of motivation. You know, lack of motivation. Uh, there are a lot of people, you know, younger folks that also feel like they should start at the top and mm. don't know how to grind and how to make something from nothing and how to work to achieve something because either it's been scheduled for them, yeah, it's been, you know, pre-planned for them, or no matter what your effort is, you still get the same thing that the person who was the MVP, you know, who was, you know, incredible and put in the effort, you know, yeah. you guys got the same reward. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't stand it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, James Harrison from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I believe his son was playing, it might have been uh, football, but he was playing some organized sports and they gave him a participation trophy and he broke it <laughs> in half. And he was like, we didn't win. Yeah. You know, so why he he's not getting anything. And it's crazy. It's, uh, first of all, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. But what's yeah. crazy, I'm sure, you know, people around him were giving him flack and yeah. saying he's a cruel father and he's mean. And But, but yeah. his son will have an understanding that definitely. it takes a bit more if you're going to try to win at a competition. It definitely is. Um, and, and and to be honest with you, not to cut you off, if you want your kids to have an edge right now because the majority of people are doing that and, and, and embracing that, give your kids some adversity. Yeah. You know, I remember a story. Now, mind you, each generation, you know, uh, their road is a little easier. Yeah. I remember hearing a story about Richard Branson. And uh, he said that when he was four years old, his mom dropped him off about two miles from his house and said, get home. Wow. <laughs> At four. At four. Yeah. You know? And they lived kind of in a country area or something like that. And he knew how to get home. But, like, she was like, all right, get out. See, and I think, a, I think a, it's so interesting because I think a lot of times people, parents, yeah. are scared that their kids will think they're loved. Right. Um, but I think there's... I, I kind of like that story. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do because you're, you're the, the job of a parent, like the job of any parent for any organism, for mm-hmm. any animal, mm-hmm. is to prepare them for survival. That's it. You know, and to add to that, the job of the parent, whether it's, you know, a, a wild bear, whatever it yeah. is, is to prepare them for survival as soon as possible. As soon as possible. So I think we as humans have kind of confused that, yeah. that simple process and yes. we try to coddle and we slow down that process definitely and i think we if we i'm not saying to throw your kids outside and say yeah, right, right. survive <laughs> but if we gave them some of that adversary definitely. yes at a younger age and and really kind of strengthen them it would do them a lot of wonder it definitely would. and and i think it's important for that because i think when kids learn to deal with adversity mm-hmm. and can survive it they gain self-esteem and yes. confidence within themselves yes they start feeling more worthy yes you know so um this is this is all yeah. important stuff that i think a lot of people don't know or aren't getting sure. told and taught but i I'm all for that. And it kind of turned into a parenting thing. Yeah. But. And, and, and to be honest with you, I would throw it even at you. 
you know, because mm. most people would say, oh, you know, you guys probably grew up, yeah. you know, real easy and whatever and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, your dad and no, his they, brother, they didn't grow up no, they didn't. like that. You they know? didn't. <laughs> and and even, you know, obviously me losing my mother at 16, yeah. that, that made me grow up quickly. Sure. But even before that, you know, we had to rehearse every day. Yeah. We had our, our chores. Yes. Um, my parents didn't play, and, I, and I'm so proud they didn't play. Right. You know what I mean? Looking back, I'm proud. I think it's also important for people to have a healthy perspective because there's yeah. two ways of looking at everything. That's true. You know, and some people who could have been in my situation could have felt like, you know, I didn't get the true childhood experience I, I probably should have or right. my parents, you know, were hard on me about this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You try to see everything, the positive side of everything. For sure. Try to see the benefit. And, and what I tell people is know that it's it's coming from a place of love and, mm-hmm. and a, a, a place of wanting to help, you know. so Very true. Um, okay, so we're, we're almost closing the wow. show. But anything else, one more, any other loss type of thing you can share to our power of love listeners yeah um <laughs> it's it's very interesting to me um the i think the biggest the biggest loss i had similar to you mm-hmm. um was my uncle mm. so um my uncle was a highly successful doctor uh he was the president of the national medical association his father before him was first black doctor uh on staff at Johns Hopkins University. Okay. So, um, you know, and he passed away in his 60s from lung cancer and didn't smoke. Mm. Um, so very crazy, very freakish. But he literally was like my role model, was the person I looked up to, you know, this highly successful guy. He's very outgoing, great looking, you know, just everything, you know. And I was probably, I was um, in my late 20s when he died, I want to say. And it really, that really devastated me. And, you know, we used to, I used to do dumb kid stuff in college. He lived in uh, New Orleans. I went to college at, Mor- uh, at Morehouse in Atlanta. And I would, you know, on vacation, like uh, Thanksgiving and stuff like that, because it was a road trip away, I just show up with like four of my boys, you know, and I'm a broke college student. I show up with four of my boys at his house and his beautiful house with him and his wife and expect him to feed us and and house us and all of that other stuff. And when he passed away and I spoke at his funeral, said a few words, the thing that I realized, like why I did those kinds of things was because I realized in life, like you show off the things that you're most proud of. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I really was not just proud of him, but like loved him and everything that he did. Mm. And I wanted to show it off and Mm. I wanted to show my friends and I wanted to do all those things and they all loved him. Mm. So they were even devastated when he died, Mm. you know? So that was a really, really big thing. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, at that time my wife and I have been married, uh, I forgot how many years at that point, but, um, it was a big hit and we all, loved him and a lot of people loved him mm. um so that that was a tough one that was definitely a tough one well thanks for sharing that Man, thank you um i, I have one more co- a question from twitter that sure. i'm gonna read and and i'm gonna ask you to answer first um this is from the handle's the weird one but it's um at karina guiera w1 wi1 and she says 
she well she has two questions but i'm just going to read the second half of her tweet okay and it's basically how do you support someone who's grieving without being overbearing or annoying got you um so i i think you have to understand that particular friend right and if like i said before give the invitation right if if they don't bite on the first time when you say are you cool are you okay and they say yeah i'm i'm fine what have you Hey, look, if you need to talk, give me a call. Then give them some space. Maybe check in a day later, two days later. Hey, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. But be consistent. And that consistency will show them that you are being supportive of them and that you are there for them. And eventually, if they want to open up or they have something to say, they will because you have been consistent Mm. and they feel comfortable that they can so I would say that's really it. Be consistent, but give them space. And understand that particular friend and how they like to deal with things. I think that's excellent advice. Um, and I, and I, what I love about it, mm-hmm. A, is the consistency, which yeah. is huge. But what I also love is, is understand each, everyone's different. You can't, you can't assume there's a one way that one fits all type of answer to that question. Facts. And that's something that I struggled with. Mm. And because I didn't understand it, I usually just didn't do anything. Mm. It's just from doing the show the last several years Mm -hmm. that I've started to to really try to help people Mm -hmm. in a personal level Mm -hmm. when they're going through things. Because I was lost. I didn't know what to say. So I just erred on the side of saying nothing. Nothing. You know what I mean? And that's not the answer. Right. Um, All right, Julian. Well, thank you for joining us. Man, thank you. And, and, And everybody... I just want to thank TJ for everything he does for the community. I mean, the show, family, everything. This this man does a ton. Well, thank <laughs> yeah, you. I just like I, to take that, I don't that know, moment to I say appreciate that. It. I don't know how much longer I got here on Earth, so yeah. I'm trying to do my part to help it. And Facts. it's not just me. It's, this is my bros and I, uh, our mother's foundation, the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. Um, now, I will say that, and thank you, Julian, because you're doing your thing, coaching a, a, a cross-country team where you don't even have a kid on the team. No, I don't. <laughs> which is something I always have commended, you know, to, yeah, to, to, to go back and teach a school's yes. cross-country team without, yeah. without even your child on the no. team. It's about those other kids. <clears throat> you see that there's a need. I love it. Try to step in. I love it. Yeah. Now, we always close the show with our guest, mm-hmm. um, and we give them usually 30 seconds to say whatever they want. Cool. So you could talk about your favorite movie. You could talk about your favorite book. You could talk about a story. You could talk about a lesson. Oof. You can whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to buy you some time. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm ready. Let's do Are it. we ready? Thirty okay. seconds. Cool. I think that I, I think folks should put effort into things. Period. All right. Whatever effort you you put into something, you're going to get it out. You know. Everything is out there for you. If you want to learn something, get on YouTube, Google something, and then keep going beyond what the first thing is that you see. Pick up a book. Everything's in a book. Everything you want to learn is in a book. Something that took someone 15, 20, 30 years to learn, you can learn in a week or however long it takes you to read a book, right? So don't try to reinvent the wheel. Get out there. If you have questions, be curious. Find out, ask questions, right? And just be a lifelong learner. That will help you in a lot of areas in life. And I think that's that's my nugget. 
Yeah, well, that's a good one. That's a good nugget. Um, I love that. So thank you for that. And I yes. know our listeners love it too. Um, we are going to wrap up today's show. Um, remember, um, the Association for Death Education and Counseling is an international professional organization dedicated to promoting excellence and recognizing diversity in death education, care of the dying, grief, counseling, and much more. Um, if any of that, you need any of that, make sure you check out www.adec.org. Um, again, Julian, thank you for opening up and sharing yeah. your mentality and, and what you have to offer Thanks to for our listening me. listeners. Um, if you found our program helpful and can afford to do so, please go to ddjf.org and support our foundation. Um, any donation amount helps us support those in need and also just just help spread the word. Any word. awareness helps as well. Um, and if it's not DDJF, do something for the community. Do something for others. Um, to me, it's the healthiest and and uh, most important way to, to live. I really do believe that because I've really gotten onto a gratitude and giving kick. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that, you know, if it wasn't for those two things, my life wouldn't be as blissful and mm-hmm. as fulfilling as it is. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're thankful. Make sure you give back. Um, it's a very powerful, powerful thing that I think always gets overlooked. Definitely. Um, I think that is it. We're going to close the show. Again, we're on every Wednesday from 1 to 2, live on LA Talk Radio. Some of you are probably hearing it from the podcast. But either way, thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. And that's it. Adios, everyone. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. D.D.J.F. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.